Welcome to the Mount Hummer Podcast, episode 90. I'm Mo. I am joined by my illustrious friends, as always. <laughs> friends first. Uh, in the blue corner is Eleanor Goodman. How are you doing? Hello, friend. That didn't answer my question, but hi. <laughs> it's good to know you're here. In the yellow corner is Miss Alice Vatillo. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Wonderful. Oh, could sound a bit more enthusiastic. Well, All you right. didn't even answer the question now, so I don't know <laughs> what's going on over there. Uh, I'm in the red corner, which, if you were wondering, is the colour of our microphones we're using. So, there we go. How exciting behind the scenes knowledge. Uh, loads of shit going on in the world of metal this week. First of all, don't forget that our latest issue is out right now. It features the one and only Five Finger Death Punch on the cover. Um, I've got to say, I've been. F- I try not to engage with the internet at large when it comes to kind of social media. Uh, commentary for obvious reasons it can be a cesspit out there but i have been quite um i have been quite uh interested by some of the uh commentary on five finger death punch that our cover has sparked not necessarily that they're on the cover itself but just the kind of the, the kind of band they are and the position they're in at and um one thing i think i've realized is that people really don't realize how massive five finger death punch are which is no. fascinating to me I don't get it either. What was it that somebody said about... I think you read one out in the office. And he said that we had made up a story that Five Finger Death Punch oh, was famous. It. Yeah, someone was saying... And this is something I've read a lot about bands like Ghost and Five Finger Death Punch. Actually, I'm not trying to cut, like cut, start the podcast, come out sounding defensive. I just found it really interesting. Yeah, some um, people often say like bands like Ghost and Five Finger Death Punch aren't genuinely big bands. They're kind of made big by the media. But when you actually go to the shows the only reason they have a crowd at festivals is because the crowds are there anyway it's or something really i was like what are know. you talking about <laughs> you can't do an arena tour and if you haven't got any fans it's not yeah. just like something we've made up saying five finger death punch are really big they actually have fans who and five finger death punch are on their like third arena tour as yeah. well and what's more we've been putting five finger on the i am just sounding defensive now i promise it. i promise <laughs> i'm not but I, I, I guess what I'm getting at is I'm interested why Five Finger Death Punch of all the bands seem to get such a kicking because it, I find it quite exciting if bands are a bit divisive because you want that. You know, Slipknot were divisive when they came out. When Korn first came out um, and even t- to this day, people denounce them as not metal and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, Baby Metal is, is very famously the same. Ghosts are very famously the same. But with Five Finger Death Punch, I find it really interesting because to me, they're one of the most kind of, and I don't, I mean this in a good way, they're one of the most kind of baseline metal bands out there. I mean, you know, they, to me, all right, maybe they're not quite as kind of uh, edgy as some of these bands have been in the past, but to me, they're they're following more in the footprint of like Pantera and Lamb of God and those kind of like heavier groove metal-y kind of bands. Um, Admittedly, they're a slightly more shiny, polished up version of that and, you know, they do really well on radio and all the rest of it, but... Um, I've never. I don't get why people. Why, why they annoy some people so much? I really don't. They're not as shiny as Shine Down. No, they're not. They're not <laughs> shiny as Shine Down. Certainly not as shiny as Breaking Benjamin and all those kind of terrible bands. I get <laughs> that people don't like Five Finger Death Punch, but the fact is that arena fulls of people do like them. So you can't just discount them for nothing. Yeah, and I think as well, it's like. I just think you see people moaning about like, oh, bands don't have enough personality or, you know, bands uh, don't stand out enough. They're not unique enough. And I just think you look at Five Finger Death Punch and they look like something out that has just walked straight out of a comic book movie. Mm-hmm. Like they look they fucking mad in the best possible way. Um, uh, and they're really colourful characters. They've had so many ups and downs. They're such a combustible outfit as well. 
Um, and I just think, uh, yeah, I just, uh, they, they, they genuinely interest me. Ivan interests me as a character, the, mm. the journey he's been through. He talks about some really, can he talks really candidly about um, some of the mental health issues he's had, his struggles with addiction, um, having to get taken off the road because the band were generally concerned he might die. Like, mm. you, you know, I don't think people realise the journey this band have been through. Um, and I think it's important that we, we, you know, we do cover bands like that. It, uh, you know, yes, they're big, but they've got a really fascinating story to tell. Um, and you should go and read the, about that in the new issue because it's a fascinating um, write-up by Steve Appleford and it features an absolutely beautiful shoot by Travis Shin as well. It really looks fantastic. Uh, and if that's not enough Five Finger Death Punch for you, uh, we do have some bundles to come as well. So don't forget that. And there's loads of other stuff in the new issue, like the biggest moments that define the decade and tons of other awesome stuff that you should go and pick up right now. Right, that's my ranting done for the day, promise. Good rant, Mel. Thanks. Thanks. What's been going on in the world of metal this week? Well, I imagine I've announced lots of Legacy of the Beast 2020 dates. They're going across Australia, Asia and Europe next summer. Head to metalhammer.com for a full list of dates. I'm very excited about this. I can tell. <laughs> Haven't you already got tickets or something? I did, yeah. Me and some friends, we, we're gonna, we've gone over to the Barcelona gig, which I believe is the last currently listed date of the whole lot. Um, uh, but it's on a Saturday, so that's why we're going to that. So we're going to Barcelona, which I've been to for a long time. It's a wicked city. Um, and they're playing a stadium there. Uh, which would be awesome. It's 55,000 capacity, I think, this the Olympic Stadium they've got out there. I haven't seen Maiden in front of a crowd or in a, in a venue that big for a long, long time. So really excited about that. Um, and then after that, you can hang around and see some Gaudi architecture. Gaudi architecture. Mm -hmm. Or go down Las Ramblas and just Drink. get absolutely wasted. Either or will do fine. <laughs> Either or will do fine. So yeah, very excited. Iron Maiden still uh, making the most of the Legacy of the Beast era. Interesting to see if they'll keep the same set list. I imagine they might do, but they have hinted that they might add some new elements to the show itself, which will be cool. Uh, speaking of metal legends, what do we think of the new Aussie single? Oh, I haven't heard it. I'm, oh, I'm so no, sorry. I'm a terrible work. person. No, I Alice. haven't either. This is awful. <laughs> We're this so is prepared. awful. All right, fine. Well, well, why don't we I'll, ask you what you think of it? <laughs> I'll talk about the new Aussies. Don't worry, it's only been out for like 10 days. Oh, um, can uh, you sing it to us? Yeah, do it. Under the graveyard. That sounds really good. <laughs> I've heard it. I wish it. I'd heard it now. I've heard it. Um, and yeah, I think it's quite good. Um, I think with Aussie, you don't probably expect anything groundbreaking or wheel reinventing uh at this stage of, of his career i mean to be honest through most of the 21st century the albums he's put out he's put out some really good stuff but it's rarely been stuff that's really kind of made you go oh what's he doing with this but um for what it is i think it's a really good song it starts off very mellow and at first i thought it was going to be a kind of ballady track and then it explodes into this really heavy um not a million miles away from sabbathy kind of riff actually which i don't know if that's kind of a bit of influence from having done a sabbath album more recently um, but yeah, I think it's decent and I'm, I'm genuinely interested to see what the album sounds like. Um, there was a lot of speculation on who might join him on guitar. Um, I think he's kind of got more of a, a production type uh, uh, guitarist um, in there. So he's got a guy called Andrew Watts who has been involved with uh, California Breed, who I don't really know who they are, to be honest. Um, but I think he's more of a producer role and he's been playing the guitar as well. As we know, that can work out quite well. That's kind of what Manson did, right? Mm. Marilyn Manson did that way. Kind of... Uh, Tyler was kind of on a production guitar thing, or have I made that up? 
No, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure he was. And obviously now there's Trent Reznor and Askus Ross as well. Yeah, like, exactly. There are people who team up with people to do things. Yeah, and work. I think that can mm-hmm. sometimes be quite good in the studio to have that dynamic there. Um, but uh, on the rest of that, I mean, he's got Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses and Chad Smith from the Metal Chili Peppers on bass and drum duties respectively. So mm. that is really interesting. So looking forward to seeing that. Uh, all come to fruition. Um, the album is going to be called Ordinary Man, which again, I think is quite an interesting and quite personal sounding album title for Ozzy. Mm. Um, you know, previously has stuff like Scream and Black Rain and Down to Earth and, you know, more kind of metal sounding things. Mm. Ordinary Man is quite an interesting um, title. So I wonder if it will be a bit more, I don't know, some of his stuff can be quite reflective anyway. I don't know, we'll see, won't we? But that's out early next year apparently. So good to see Ozzy on the mend. Um, I know that he's also uh, rescheduled his No More Tours 2 tour for a second time. Uh, He'll be hitting the UK alongside Judas Priest in October and November 2020. God, we're booking shit how far in advance now. Best night wish now this. November. I know, November 2020 is a year away. Um, But he's going to be hitting up Birmingham on Halloween. So Halloween hometown show for the Ozman. That's pretty cool. Uh, Go to metalhammer.com again for the full list of dates. What else has been going on <laughs> in the world? Uh, Drop Dead, which is the um, clothing line from Ollie Sykes, is it? Yeah. Correct. Um, who they're doing a collaboration with Cradle of Filth. I mean, this is. I saw it. Maybe not as unexpected as it would have been two years ago, but. No, given that Danny Filth was on one of their songs, it's not that unexpected, but it's still kind of weird to think that fans of Ollie's clothing range would be into Cradle of Filth stuff. And it's quite, um, what's the word? I don't want to say garish. It's very kind of like, I can't think of a good word, out loud. It's like loud clothing. You know, if you wear it, it's like, it's not something that's very subtle. Yeah, what I thought not. was pretty cool was that they're also doing a pop-up shop in Harajuku in Japan. Oh, there as well? Yeah. They've so got the clothing line in, in the main store and then they've got a pop-up shop in Harajuku. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. It's pretty uh, cool. Uh, yeah. Not that surprising, but maybe, but still a little bit out there and I don't know, pretty cool. Like I've got absolutely no issue with Bring Me The Horizon or Oli potentially um, bringing some more attention to the work of Cradle of Filth, however that is happening. I think it's pretty decent. So um, they've probably, <laughs> they've probably done quite a lot for Danny Phil's profile in the last two years. Let's put it that way. And it's, that's nothing but cool as far as I'm concerned. Would you concur? Yes, I'm a fan of them doing things together. I love that song, Wonderful Life. And the collaboration looks interesting. So I'm into it. Ooh, bloody Ray. A uh, quick shout out for a very cool new band, which we feature heavily in the new issue, Metal Hammer. Um, uh, just because I think they're awesome and I think they're worth shouting about uh, here. Um, they are yet another band from the Holy War staple who just seem to have a bazillion great bands turning up every minute. They are called Renounced. Um, and this is quite strim- simple and straightforward, really. If you are bored of metalcore being shiny and polished and full of big catchy choruses and you just want it back to being... Uh, ferociously heavy riffs mixed with brutal hardcore breakdowns. You need to go listen to Renounced. Um, they're a band from the UK. Uh, their mission is all... What are you laughing at? 
thing. <laughs> she just looked like she was falling asleep and it just, it went along with when you were saying about metalcore and it just made me laugh. Oh, I was no, not I'm <laughs> sorry. I was not falling asleep, okay? My head flopped. What is wrong with you yeah, guys today? Sure. My head flopped to one side. <laughs> I did not fall asleep. I was just getting to full of excitable flow then. <laughs> I Killed was my excited. Vibe, well, I'm excited. so excited. Listen, forget these guys. Listen to what I'm telling you all. <laughs> Renounced are I'm the listening. shit. They are a UK, uh, UK-based metalcore band. We've got a really big interview with them in the uh, new issue of Metal Hammer out now, uh, written by Stephen Hill, who who was also um, very very big on these guys, and I think was was blaring on about them before I was. Um, and basically, their entire mission statement is to bring metalcore back to its fundamentals, uh, which, like I say, is taking away some of that polish, taking away the shiny, shiny, and just making it brutal and heavy and awesome. Um, their album is called Beauty is a Destructive Angel, and that is out Ooh. now for Renounced. Um, and they're all about bringing traditional metalcore back. So savage riffs, and there's, there's, there are hooks in there, of course, but they're a bit more subtly woven in. They're not kind of just stamped all over the place. Uh, really guttural, gnarly breakdowns. Um, think kind of poison the well, unearth a little bit of early kill switch in there, and especially in um, frontman Dan's kind of uh, these little like spoken word bits he does that Jesse's always done, but there, but it was a very big part of the self-titled and alive or just breathing era. Um, so yeah, if you like metalcore done old school, go and listen to Renounce. They're awesome. Um, I've got a feeling they're touring uh, in the UK imminently as well. Um, so go check them out to check out those dates. Yeah, Beauty is a Destructive Angel is the album. I love that title. Fucking ace. Ace, 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 ace. And then pick up the new issue to read all about them because it's a really interesting uh, interview by Steve. So there. Hooray. Hooray. Ooh. Have I swayed you? Are you, are you interested? Yeah, you have, now? actually. The title's really cool. And I like Metalcore. And I need to read that interview. So you should. Yeah. Hooray. Um, shall we take some reader questions yes. from facebook.com forward slash Mount Hammer Readers? Ruben Borger asks, did you ever buy an album, single or EP without knowing the band just because it looked cool? And did it turn out to be brilliant or not? I have this with the clear vinyl EP Clear by Periphery. I'd never heard of them, but I've been a fan ever since. What do you? I mean, you're a Periphery fan, Elle. What do you reckon would make someone pick up a Periphery album without even hearing them? Because to me, there's not a lot that's kind of obviously evocative about what they do when you look at their album art and stuff. I find that really interesting. Yeah. Of all I the mean, kind of blary metal artwork and stuff that you might see in a record shop. Yeah, a clear vinyl would not be the one you'd think someone would pick up. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Um, Periphery are a really cool band, but like you said, there's nothing outward. It's not like... We were just talking about Cradle of Filth. It's not like you get an album sleeve and it's something massively satanic or, you know, that sort of weird kind of dark black metal font stuff going on. So I don't know what would make someone pick up a clear vinyl. I guess that looks cool. But I'm mm. glad he did. Good choice. Have either of you guys ever um, done the classic thing of seeing a band that just sounded cool or some cool artwork, pick it up and just see what yes. it sounded like? A lot in the old days. The one that came to mind, first of all, was the album Nordic Metal, a tribute to Euronymous. No, what? Really? <laughs> really? What? Really? What even like that. reference points did you have for that that made you pick that up? Nothing. So, I mean, okay. that, that came out in 2004. Wow. That came out in 2004, and at that point, I was listening to a lot of new metal, 
but I was buying, I wanted to buy a present for a friend who I knew liked metal, but more kind of, um, not extreme exactly, but had slightly more, slightly less mainstream taste than I did basically. So I was just flipping through the metal CDs cause you know, CDs back then not streaming and came across this album cover and it had like the weird kind of like gothic fonts on it saying Nordic metal tribute to Euronymous and then robed figure in a cave. And I was like, this looks really metal. <laughs> like this looks really, really, really metal. I had no idea who Euronymous was, but I was like, Euronymous is a cool name. <laughs> so basically got the CD and gave it to my friend and we looked up who Euronymous was and then obviously found out the whole story of Norwegian black metal and that he had been murdered by um, Varg and the whole mayhem thing and that opened a whole kind of maggotese worms. I was going to say black metal yeah. worms. <laughs> black metal worms <laughs> uh, that I'd never heard of before and that was how I found out about Norwegian black metal. Wow, that's amazing. So mm. that was a weird one. I literally just picked it up because I was like, this looks cool. Because it did look fucking cool. I'm just going to look look up the artwork while you sleeve, were... yeah. It's a big old cave. So what's it called? A tribute to... Fonts. Nordic metal, okay. a tribute to Euronymous. Right. And it had mayhem, dissection, emperor, etc. Wow. Words. That's loads of great bands. But look, have you seen the cover? How cool does that look? Now. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, see? You would definitely buy that, right? Yeah, that looks cool. Looks like something from like a rejected Nosferatu sequel or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was how I learned. Fantastic. That's, that's cool. an yeah. excellent answer. Alice, do you have anything in that vein? Not really. I you got into all that stuff through choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like, I'd pick up CDs, but I'd always have heard of the artists. Oh, really? Yeah, I'd pick up like a random CD and think, oh, I'll give it a go or whatever. Yeah. But I'd always think, oh, that artist should be something I like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I never, I didn't really. Uh, the thing is, when I saw this question, I was like, I could really do with going back to my mum's house and look at my CD collection because if that, if I saw that, I'd probably see some stuff and go, oh yeah, I'd pick this up. But um, I think that suggests that nothing I did pick up that I didn't know about was very memorable, to be honest. <laughs> mm. But I do remember, um, uh, I know it's still a thing, but back when FOP Records was like a really big oh, thing. Oh, yeah. You used to be able to get in there and just get really cool kind of back catalogue CDs for like one to five pounds. Like I pretty mm. much picked up all, once I started to get into Maiden, I pretty much picked up like all their back catalogue from there. Um, and I remember one time um, I saw a Wasp CD in there uh, and they were literally a band that I had just heard the name of somewhere and that was it. Like I had no idea who they were. I had no idea what they sounded like. I didn't know if they were like extreme metal or or as classic metal or what they were i just heard i just recognized the name somewhere um and the album was called dying for the world and I, and it was like it was a quid in fop so i was like oh fuck it go on then i'll give it a go um and i put it on and i was I instantly became a massive wasp fan and i still to this day think they're one of the best pure heavy metal bands ever like that foot uh, i went out and got the, the um the debut album after that and i think it's one of the best heavy metal albums ever like it, it would literally Ranked very, very highly in my all-time list. Um, so yeah, I had heard of them, but that was all I'd heard of them, that they were, that they existed. Um, so I picked mm. up and that was quite cool. I definitely picked up other stuff, but I'm like racking my brains here. Yeah, I I, if I don't have the CDs in front of me to remember, I can't. I, I probably like, packed up some shit new metal bands, to be honest. Oh yeah, definitely. Though. And I remember going to <laughs> the Vinyl Exchange, a shop in Manchester, 
and they would get all the CDs from the journalists and the promos and things. So I used to pick up anything that looks weird or was in a cardboard sleeve or whatever. I remember getting that um, song or album by the band Catherine Wheel. The famous song was Gasoline. I don't know if you remember that. I can't remember what the record was called, whether it was a single or an album, but that was a really cool song. Um, yeah, there'd definitely be more. I mean, there are a lot of one-hit wonders in our yeah. in our era of growing up listening Definitely. to metal. So there's, I can't imagine some of the crap I probably end up picking up that I'd never listen mm. to again. <clears throat> um, fashion police are in town. Let's see a Joe Fleischer <laughs> who asks, in terms of crime, is wearing the T-shirt of a band you don't listen to because you like the look of it a, misdeme- a misdemeanor or a class A felony? Who doesn't love the Misfits logo? Well... I want to shout out my girlfriend quickly because I found out a few weeks ago that um, she owns an Overkill t-shirt and she has never listened to that band in her life. Wow. (laughs) And I was like, what? Where did she get it from? Um, Well, she was into rock and metal, but uh, she was in, I think she might have got it from, did any of you guys ever go into Camden Town back in the day? And there was that metal shop Mm. um, with all the the merch in. And there was the guy that owned it. And once you went in there, you did not leave that shop without buying something. He you would hassle you and hassle you and hassle you. Yeah. And as soon as you went in, he'd be like, hey. And then you'd be like, oh, what? And then he literally just wouldn't let, leave you alone. I think alone I know the one you mean. And I think, I think I bought... it's still there. Isn't it? It? Oh, I went looking for it a few months ago and I couldn't find it. I couldn't remember where it was. There's one more I remember going mm, through all the Cradle so. of Filth t shirts. Yeah. I feel like it might be the same one. I'm not sure. It My cousin like used to call it the Buy or Die shop. I think it might have been from there. Um, but anyway, yeah, she just saw and uh, thought the logo looked cool, so the she bought it. Dye shop. And I was like, "Well, that's probably a more <laughs> credible, cool underground thrash metal T-shirt than any I own." But sure, fine. Well, but you know, I'm what do you think of this anyway? A misdemeanor because I'm lenient, and I no. think <laughs> when people, I personally wouldn't want to wear a T-shirt of a band that I don't know because I don't feel comfortable doing that because it feels disingenuous to who I am personally but when it's a case of celebrities wearing t-shirts and everyone kicking off because they don't know the band and stuff I still think that when it comes to metal visibility is good and it gets people talking and if somebody wears a t-shirt with a metal band or a logo on that they don't know at least that is out there in the world and then people might listen to it so I'm gonna say misdemeanor just because of that really I think like it's not for me but I don't think we should kill anybody who does it. Thoughts, Alice? I think it's class A felony. <laughs> Corporal fight, punishment. Fight, fight. Yeah, because like all through school, you're a weirdo and you like metal and you get bullied and then they're wearing your, your favourite band t-shirt. Pisses me off. Like, do you know that band? No. Can you even name one song? No. Then you can't wear the t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I, I fall somewhere in the middle on this because I understand where the hostility comes from and i think yeah if you've if you spend your life in some cases i I didn't really get physically attacked but you know we know that people have have literally Mm. been like attacked and in very very severe cases killed just for the fact that they are they're just a certain way or they're in certain type of music and all the rest of it and at the very least most people who have grown up being into metal have experienced some form of bullying or getting the piss taken out of them or whatever and so i can definitely see why if you then turn on the tv and see a kardashian wearing a slayer t-shirt it's a bit like oh come on man like we didn't fight in the wars for this you know (laughs) um but also yeah i do agree with l it's it's a cool it's cool for bands to get visibility i think it would be cool for people to if you see somebody wearing a metal t-shirt and you think they might not be in the band 
well, I'm not just leaving. Um, might not be into the music. Just leave them alone. <laughs> you don't need to don't, <laughs> like go up to them and take them on. But if you do end up in a conversation with someone, maybe go. Oh well, if you if you think about getting into this band, here's a good place to start. Here's like some other stuff you might like. Um, I don't like the idea of metal being a totally closed off community. And if you kind of like step onto our territory, you're not allowed anywhere near us and all that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's a funny one. And also I own at least two or three metal t-shirts that I got in H&M. So I'd be a hypocrite, hypocrite to say I'm allowed to buy that. You can them in H&M, that. that's fine. But as long as you listen to the band. Yeah, but some people might not even know what the <laughs> band really is. Do you know what I mean? And I don't think they're really no. marketed at people who really like the band, to be Maybe honest. Maybe not, but if they're the a, good, like, a good t-shirt, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, as long as you listen to the band. So if I bought a Slipknot t-shirt this week, I know, I know. Yes, I not to say exactly you did. What you were gonna say, and yeah, uh, that's other, fine. Other you outlets are available apart from H and M and Pretty Little Thing, I should say. Um, Sometimes it's difficult to get girls fitted. That was the other thing I was going to say as well. Like, if bands don't want bands. to see this cannibalization of our culture, give people better stuff to wear. And yeah, like you said, I hear a lot of women saying that they I don't I think get it's got better. I think a lot of bands are actually starting to like branch out and not just do like a girly fitted t-shirt and actually do like tank tops and stuff like that. As far as I can see anyway, there are more bands I still feel that. like there aren't more bands doing that. I just feel like there are more option in normal t-shirts instead of like just one or two t-shirts. Now there might be like four different designs or something. But I still feel like there aren't many women's ones. And it depends on the bands, I guess. It like does. the ones that I've seen have actually got proper lots of female designs re- more recently. And mm. it's interesting because it does seem to me, as someone that you know goes out looking for merch for men, obviously, um, it does seem like most of the fashion metal t-shirts are aimed at women. Like, and that mm. th- a lot of where this debate seems to come from is because. I think there's this thing where dudes see a girl in a metal t-shirt, whether it's a fashionable one or not, and they go, oh, you can't possibly know the band. Is that your boyfriend oh, yeah. or whatever? You get questioned all the time. And there was that, um, I didn't actually know who she was, but there was a celebrity on some kind of talk show that was wearing a Metallica t-shirt and someone actually called in yes. to say, do you even know who Metallica are? Did you see yes, that? Yes, no. she didn't. It I went saw viral that. online. Yeah, I saw that and she didn't know who they were yeah. at all. And like the internet kicked off and some people were going, leave her alone. And some people were going, I think, was it Serena maybe from Svalbard's? Um, went on Twitter and said, this isn't how we should be treating women who want to wear merch. But then there's other people, maybe like Alice, who are like, yeah, fuck them. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> because like she's she's making, she's putting us in a bad light, really. Like, because there are loads of us girls that actually are into that music. But by girls like that wearing those T-shirts, I feel like it's, I don't know, undermining us because they have no clue what they're wearing. And so we get questioned. What if about if me. they think the aesthetic's cool and then they find out a bit more about it and they're like, oh, hey, metal's cool. Well, they're not so really going to. Start somewhere. I didn't know about Euronymous till I picked up a CD with Euronymous on it. Well, the way things are going, you'll probably get Euronymous t-shirts in fucking Top Man or something by the end of <laughs> next year. Like, I mean, it's amazing how much metal aesthetic has been adopted by people. Like, I see a lot yeah. of black metal aesthetic in hip-hop. Yes. Like extreme metal logo, logo kind of things in hip-hop. And to be honest, I think it's really fucking cool because I think it looks good. And I think to be fair to hip hop, there is a lot of edginess in hip hop and there's still like a really good current of kind of exciting young music there. It's not just kind of like an airheaded fashion thing, if you know what I mean. Mm. So I think it, I think it's quite cool. I would love it if one of my favorite hip hop artists put out a black metal styled uh, piece of merch. I'll buy it straight away. 
in fact, when Kanye West did the easiest line with all the Metallica looking logos, I bought one of those t-shirts. <laughs> he's a pop star. Yeah. He's a hip hop he star. He's a pop though. star. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> a pop star. Let's, let's not start dissecting Kanye Jesus will be here all day. <laughs> and it is not the podcast to do it. <laughs> um, God. Someone has to do the next question. Where are we? Jack Hawkins asks, if you could build your own personal big four, who would they be? Did his original question say it had to be bands that influenced us or something? Well, no, but I thought, I I kind of presented this to the guys with a caveat that we should maybe say this shit rather than just the four biggest bands we listen to because we probably all end up saying pretty much the same stuff. Maybe this should be like the bedrock of our music tastes. I mean, you could just pick the biggest four if you want. So I'm you. confused now, man. Keep not, it simple. Yeah. Well, okay. So, well, how do you take <laughs> do that question? Do they have to be the same genre as well? You know, like the big four? I kept or? mine to... No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I kept mine to metal, but I, p- I picked mine as the four bands that in, that really influenced my taste in music. Okay, okay. I just did the four biggest metal bands that I listened to. I'd be like, well, Black Sabbath, Metallica, Maiden, and Slipknot, which isn't very interesting. I feel like with their own personal big four, I sort of feel like what you said, like maybe it should be grouped by genre, but I don't know. Or then maybe well, it's just the ones that... Eleanor like, Core. Or just the four that sum up your the aspects of your... The four aspects of your personality... Maybe. Your own personal big four. Oh, unless he means just big four of thrash, in which case I'd probably... Yeah, maybe he does. Have we read too much into this? If it was just saying maybe. thrash, I'd just keep it as it is, but add in Testament oh. to make a five, and I'll be happy with that. Yeah. Mm. I, I wouldn't put Testament in instead of Anthrax. You'd say that. Oh. Or Anthrax. How dare or great you? Band. I'm sorry. I don't dislike um. them. I just don't feel a lot for them. I don't feel a lot in my insides. But maybe, you know, maybe I've just not seen the right show yet. Cool. So how are we going to answer this? Don't want to be negative. No. Well, I'll, I'll, okay, well, Why I'll answer this with yours, my big Because you've prepared something. Okay. If there was going to be a, uh, a Merlin um, uh, Mount Rushmore of metal bands. Merle Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rushmore I would have gone for, but sure. Fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would have Limp Bizkit because uh, they're the bands who got me into heavy music. Marilyn Manson, because he was the artist that got me obsessed with heavy music. Um, Iron Maiden, because they opened me up to kind of metal's history and eventually became my favorite band of all time. Um, And In Flames, because they opened me up to extreme metal and kind of ended up becoming my favorite, I guess, in commas, like non-mainstream, inverted commas, non-mainstream metal band. So yeah, in Plains Biscuit, Myron Ransom and Iron Maiden would be the big four of Merlin. Okay. So do you have any answers to this? <laughs> no. I'm confused. Well, well, just answer what you've written down. No, because I just wrote down four bands that got me into metal. That's what I just did. No, but they're not all picked for a thing. It was literally just like the first four bands I heard and liked. In so metal. what would they be? Corn, Because I remember one of my mates had a cassette tape and I was like oh it's cool and spooky Linkin Park because everyone was into Linkin Park and they were massive and I got hybrid theory and I was like this is the best Deftones because that was like oh here are this other band in this movement but they're a bit different and atmospheric and then Limp Bizkit because they were just like out and out like good new metal because coming from 
some well, I was somebody who was really into pop music and I was like, this is like pop music, but it's just got all this energy. Mm. And Limp Biscuit just had all this energy. So they're the bands that got me into Mel. That's a, a really nice, thoughtful answer. Hmm. <laughs> Don't know why you couldn't have said that at the start. Because I was confused about the question. Well, look, we're here now. Let's get through this together. Alice, what's your <laughs> answer? <laughs> okay, I'm just going to like do it off the top of my head. Okay. Someone then. Um, okay, so one would be Alice in Chains. Nice. Because they're probably my first like what I would consider like a metal at all band that I got into. Um, other than Metallica, but I don't think I've done that in my four. Bless you. Thank you. Um, and then I'd say probably Faith No More. Ooh, nice choice. Wasn't expecting that. Because they also were like like a different aspect, I guess. Because I, yeah. Um, and then I'd pick probably like an old school one. So something like, and I'm going for like more metal ones, not like just rock. Um. yeah I'd probably go for Black Sabbath I guess because that kind of like set me up on my whole like pathway to doom nice um, music genre yeah <laughs> just, <to be> clear. <laughs> just all doom Um, and then Dark Throne because awesome. yeah I think that would like sum up my sort of musical taste Other, I'd have to like shove in some kind, kind of psychedelic in there and then it would just really like be all of my musical awesome. taste. I would go to a festival featuring <laughs> this combined lineup for sure. <laughs> it would be very good. Um, Christopher Fletcher asks, if you were a professional wrestler, what would your entrance music be? He would go with Davidian by Machine Head. It's pretty good entrance it's music. Good. Sound like bang, you kick bang, someone's ass if you're walking down there. <laughs> <laughs> He could say that. Maybe that could be his catchphrase. That's what Actually, Rob Cactus Flynn, Jack did that. Mm-hmm. That's what Rob Flynn said at the show. No, I got the reference. Good. Don't worry. I listen and read. Good. <laughs> I just heard you say it out loud in the office. Bang, bang, motherfuckers. So that'll be Elle's <laughs> slightly already done catchphrase <laughs> in wrestling. You do if you have an interest theme. Um, just something that sounds odd. I immediately thought of Vice Grip, Partway Drive. Oh, nice. Just because Partway Drives all sound a bit like entrance themes that sounds like you should make you some kind of like that sounds like you should be kind of like some kind of heroic wrestler do you know what i mean it's quite uplifting it is yeah like you could be like a patriotic wrestler or something i don't want to (laughs) or other than that you suggested maybe because i'm goth it could be typo negative and maybe it could be black number one but i don't have dyed black hair so it doesn't quite work but whatever well nothing's more Mm. goth than fucking against the trend (laughs) It's a hard one. <laughs> it's a hard one because I don't know what my signature moves would be or anything mm. like that. Yeah. Alice, entrance theme. So um, I I picked something because I wanted it to be like catchy and cheesy because that's what wrestling is, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. I'll allow it that one. I'll allow that. Yeah. This is not an insult. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um. So I picked the Runaways. I love playing with fire. Mm, oh wow! Nice. Very cool. Because I think it would be cool. And I just picture wrestling as like spandex and lycra and... It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. pretty Jeez. much is. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I well, I <laughs> I actually do have an entrance theme because, or I did because. Um, when you were a professional wrestler. Well, <laughs> what on, were you called, Merlin? On the w- I'll tell you in a minute. On the <laughs> WWE um, games, wizard, you yeah. can no get out. <laughs> you can uh, you can create wrestlers on the WWE games, and for most years, me and my mates have bought it and made ourselves. And so I was called the Merlinator, if you must know. The Merlinator. <laughs> and um, when it was on the Xbox, it's you terrible. could actually upload music onto the Xbox system and use it for your entrance theme. So I had Nemesis March Enemy. That's <laughs> yeah. A bit too metal for me, if anything, because I don't know if I'd be... I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if I could pull that off. That's quite intense. That's a good tune, mm-hmm. man. Some kind of like heroic Iron Maiden track. But yeah, pretty cool with the... The Merlinator. Bit of pyro. <laughs> what, did you, what did you wear um i wore um i changed it through the years because my gimmick changed obviously because right, i wanted okay. to keep it fresh so at one point i had a trench coat and then i had more of like a kind of like um have you seen it when wrestlers wear like almost like big robes like mm. boxers wear them as well like yeah. big flashy robes so i became more of like a flashy wrestler and i probably changed my theme tune then as well um what was i wearing on the most recent one i was wearing white tights with black boots and a leather jacket that said Merle on the back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made that this year. <laughs> That's amazing. Why don't you wear that so, every you know, day? Yeah. I don't own, I, don't, I can't afford them, that kind of gear. <laughs> I think it probably costs quite a lot, to be honest. If anyone's listening who can make Merle a big old, what yes. is it? Long jacket, white jacket. That says No, Merle leather jacket Leather now. jacket. Oh, okay. Which I do have, to be fair. So you just, you you just, just need, need some white, like, white spandex and boots. Leggings, yeah. yeah. And to be fair, I have dressed as a wrestler for Halloween like five or six times. So That's true. There you go. Although when I was in The Undertaker, people kept asking if I was Tim Minchin. I know. <laughs> it's sorry. okay. You tried. Cheers. Someone do another question and save me from my mauling. Okay. Um, what's your favorite heavy metal song of, is of, of the 2010s? And that's from David Summers. We're at the end of the decade, guys. These are the kind of big questions we need to answer. Uh, mm-hmm. From absolute as at first I had one that instantly came to mind. <laughs> You're right. No, I've glitched. Um, Does it have to be specifically like heavy metal, like as in heavy metal sounding, or can it be any bit? Vo- any just metal. metal. <laughs> Anything you like. Anything you like. Mm. My well, the first one that came to me because I've regularly said it's the best. It like. I wouldn't even know if, if I'd say it's my favourite, but I think it is the best song written by a heavy band this decade was Square Hammer by Ghost because it's just so good. Like, just uh, almost, to be honest, I know it's the feature's point, but almost like as a kind of from a pop music perspective, like, it's so perfect, it's so catchy, but it's so, like, subtly heavy as well and the lyrics are, like, a little bit, you know, satanic and subversive and stuff i can hear people um, getting really angry with that when they go it's not metal well you ah. know deal with it we're metal hammer we decide what's metal and ghost is metal so there who was it we had on the podcast once who said they didn't like ghost and it wasn't scott metal. scott Rowley, <laughs> our editor-in-chief um but yeah so i think square i think square hammer is the best song written by a band from the metal world um this decade is i know it it's not the, it's not the best it's not the longest it's not the cleverest but it's just so fucking spot on it's like i don't know it's like enter sandman or something it's just you can't get it out if you have much you've heard it um but also just for other songs generally um i wrote oh father oh satan oh son by behemoth um the red and the black by iron maiden that's become one of my all-time favorite maiden songs i think it's unbelievable the cell by gajira 
Uh, one of the I most, have the cell. Yeah. One of the most emotional metal songs ever, I think. Um, Bottom Feeder by Parkway Drive. We just talked about Parkway. Yeah, I love that song. Um, uh, Devil Is Fine by Zia Leonardo as well, just because it was so different sounding and exciting when it came out. Yeah. Um, and uh, anything off ancient the Ancient Wisdom album, Alter Reality, I think was the first song of that. And that was a great album. It was very similar in vibe to the... Um, Still another album, actually. So if you never heard the Ancient Wisdom album, it's about wisdom with two Vs instead of a W. Um, go listen to that band because they're really fucking underrated and they're great. And yeah, that was my choices. So Cool. First thing that came to mind for this, for me, was Architects. And then I was trying to think what song did I love the most? And I was thinking about Naysayer, which I really loved, and Gone With The Wind, which is really like heart-wrenching. And then Doomsday, which is obviously the single that they put out um, after Tom passed away. And Doomsday, I thought, was a really amazing song. So I was kind of like, oh, maybe it's that. And then I remembered Gajira the Cell, and I was like, maybe it's that. So maybe kind of a split choice between Doomsday and the Cell, I think. Both pretty heavy, emotionally heavy and riff-heavy songs. Wonderful choice is Alice. Any thoughts? Um, it's really hard because I don't know. Like it's it's too long time to like remember what I've been listening to. Yeah, I just like, did it like instantly. Time. I thought I'm yeah, just gonna too. go on instincts. Like, what can I remember that I loved? But there's probably tons of other stuff that was amazing. Um, I'm gonna pick Merca. Oh, cool! I was thinking of a Merca track. And on born. Underborn or whatever, yeah. However you say it. That is a stunning song. <laughs> I don't know how you pronounce it either. No. Yeah, no, I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan would know. He'd be like, Oh, that's Underblonde or something. Like, oh, okay. I don't know why I made the sound <laughs> Fucked up. It's like <sighs> But yeah, mm, an yeah, excellent choice think. as well. Excellent choice as well. Did you go to Highland this week, by the way? Yes. Oh, fuck, oh, how was that? We didn't talk about <laughs> it. Let's talk about it now. It just suddenly popped into my head that you that you, uh, you went to Highland. You sold out the Roundhouse yeah. in London, which they for, didn't is like... Out, I don't know, I thought they did. Is, it was very packed. There's still like more than 3,000 tickets in London, isn't it? That is, that's unbelievable. Yes. And it was really busy as well. How was it? One of the most interesting and unique bands in the, in the metal world. It was really, really good, yeah. It was really good. There were too many phones out really yes trying to capture that kind of ancillary yeah image that everyone loves to but it everyone. was just kind of defeating the purpose of the whole thing like going back to primal you know instinct and they're just getting their phones out filming like five minutes oh dear <laughs> i think jonathan's <laughs> been on here and talked about highland briefly but they yeah they're this kind of like tribalistic um earthy kind of band aren't they they're not really a metal band no they're, they're like folk music yeah. essentially like old They're not like hey diddly hey folk. no like <laughs> old norse kind of music or like you know it's, it's very similar to celtic and that kind of stuff so mm. pagan folk sort of stuff um so did it feel like from what you're saying was it kind of like um be they've become a bit of a not a novelty but they've become an interesting attraction haven't they and did it feel like yeah, maybe a I lot of people so. were there to see what all the fuss was about rather than being I guess there would have been some people I mean some people had gone all out and sort of dressed kind of Viking really which also happened um, which was like usual when I saw them last because it was a Midgars block but 
yeah, even just for this gig, they'd kind of had horns on their head or like a skull on their head and like war paint, like Viking what, war paint. Yeah. I'm impressed you could get a skull on your head into the roundhouse on a yeah. Tuesday night. Apparently <laughs> they can. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow, there we go. Um, are you writing that up for the magazine or anything? No. Well, someone must be. We'll definitely have a bigger review of that yes. in the next issue of Metal I Hammer anyway. I believe it was Fraser. Ah, excellent. Fraser Lurie, who is uh, the online editor of Classic Rock and a very good writer as well. So you can read more about that in an upcoming issue of Metal Hammer. Don't forget to pick up the latest issue of Metal Hammer featuring the bloody great Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> along with a ton of other stuff. Um, and as I say, bundle news will be short coming. We're just getting some final bits um, made up for it so that it's really fucking badass. Um, and that'll be out soon. Uh, we will be back next week, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. See you later, guys. See ya. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>